0: Gather Yourself Safely, a hockey fic written by scarzo and read by B.I.P. as an ITPE 2019 gift for Frecklebaum. Every day is Christmas for Mitch these days. He's in the NHL. He's on the Leafs. Went fourth overall, and sometimes he has goals crazy enough that Don Cherry talks about him. He's even got a decent shot at the Calder. Somewhere in Mitch's parents' basement, there's a picture of a little girl in mini-mites in a leaf's frame, determined eyes and wide stance, and a long brown braid. Man, to be able to go back and tell that kid how things turn out for them. The first time he steps onto ACC ice in a game that counts, and his name is announced, he goes dizzy with it. Almost 20,000 people cheering for him, a roar of love and appreciation. And it's all he can do to stop himself from pulling off a glove and pinching himself. Somewhere in the stands are his parents, too. And he's going to put on a good show for them. For everyone. And then he scores his first goal. And the roar is even louder, drowning out the thundering of his heart. And he barely hears it, to a wash in joy. His mom is in the bathroom when he scores his first NHL goal. He'll be giving her crap for that until he's like 50. She hugs him after, and cries and calls him son. He'll give her slightly less crap until he's 50 on reflection. Just every day is an adventure now. Everywhere he goes in Toronto, people recognize him. People are so happy just to see him out and about. People are thrilled to see him at the grocery store. He hopes that they're not also judging him on the contents of his basket, which is mostly TV dinners. It's not that he didn't get it in London, because he did. But it's Toronto. Home. He's the hometown boy, and loved for that. Maybe it'll all feel real at some point, but it sure doesn't now. Hell, he and Austin start singing along to Bon Jovi on the bench once, and then Bon Jovi mentions it on Twitter, like, oh my god. And speaking of Austin... Mitch has had a lot of best friends over the years. He's pretty aggressive about making friends on the whole. Just parks himself next to someone he likes and starts chattering until they either smile or tell him to go away. Mostly they don't tell him to go away. But Austin? Austin is cool. Not as cool as he likes to think, what with his whole black-and-white artsy Insta crap. Which, please. But cool enough that at first Mitch was a little intimidated. He's not used to that. He's not used to playing with guys who are better than him, either. And Austin might be that. The whole starting out with four goals thing was a bit of a shock to the system, at least. Okay, so he's played with Devo in summer ball hockey, but he doesn't count, because his skill level isn't attainable like humans. He's a hockey robot, programmed with a really dry, kind of weird sense of humor and an insatiable desire for cuddles when drunk. Austin is attainable attainable, and just smiles and nods along when Mitch gets carried away talking about something. Mostly Mitch is trying to be a normal friend and not, like, single white female him, but he has a great taste in game day suits and manages to find a tailor within a week of getting to Toronto. And Mitch has never been all that great with that stuff, so maybe he copies a little. He's better than he used to be. Dylan can testify to that. Early on in their friendship, Mitch saw something about how tea changes your hairline and got really self-conscious about whether or not his looked right, and so he wore a lot of hats, fedoras specifically, with flannels and t-shirts. He's pretty glad, looking back, that there aren't a lot of pictures of that. Austin has good taste in music and comes back from family visits with the most incredible soup Mitch has ever eaten and either actually thinks his dumb puns are funny or rolls with them regardless. Mitch wakes up feeling like the luckiest motherfucker in the world basically every day, and having Austin as a best friend just makes that... more. The thing is, Mitch wants to tell Austin. What's and doesn't want. The thought of getting the words out leaves a knot of dread in the pit of his stomach every time he looks at Austin lately. And every time he opens his mouth, part of him whispers, Just say it. And he has to swallow against the sudden lump in his throat. It's not, it's not a secret. He just hasn't told anyone. It's just, it's hard sometimes. It's hard to go through life wincing at things other people don't and having no one to look at and roll his eyes and laugh those things off with. Hard not to internalize commentary on his height or his build and let the little dark monster in his brain whisper sweet, terrible nothings about how he's defective. It's a dumbass monster that needs to fuck off, and he's perfectly aware of that. But, like, it sticks sometimes if he's in a slump. In a lot of ways, things were easier in juniors in this regard. He had a few people who knew. Night guys who had experienced his early days bombastic coming out method, which mostly entailed changing in the same room as them, letting them look, and then proclaiming himself a dickless wonder. Once, he had added finger guns to that whole thing, which, like, yeah, in retrospect was self-deprecating and pretty transparent regarding the massive insecurity he was rocking at the time, but they were confused, and then they got over it. Anyway, he skated gored way more than them, and eventually was their captain, so they kind of had to shut up and roll with it. Dylan, too, though that was more him rifling through Mitch's medicine cabinet to find some aspirin one night and coming across his tea bottle, and then attempting to have a mini-intervention about Mitch being on steroids. It was not a fun conversation. Dylan's not good at serious, though, and even if his jokes sometimes hit wrong, he has so far been the easiest to talk to. Mitch still texts him a lot about this kind of stuff. And Mitch doesn't want any dramatic movie coming out where he stands up and proclaims it to the locker room at large and everyone is magically supportive. Not that he'd mind if they were or anything and cries and hugs him a lot, but it'd be nice to have a friend to vent to in person. So Austin, God, there has to be an easy way to do this without actually having to do it. Somehow he's just got to figure out how. About a week into trying to figure it out, he's mostly cursing Austin's parents for raising such a polite kid. Mitch has left so many strategic videos open on his laptop while Austin's been over, and Austin hasn't looked once. Hoping the team bus will go buy a Dick's Sporting Goods while they're in American cities, so he can go, ha-ha, sure would be nice to have one of those, proves unsuccessful also. Seriously, just do it, Dylan says. It's not that easy, Mitch says, pinching the bridge of his nose and trying to keep his voice down. He's down by the side of the pool in the hotel that they're staying at, and it's late enough at night that he's alone, but someone could come in for the hot tub at any point. Dude, you know that. He's not going to hate you, you're his best friend. He could. And really, that's the crux of the whole thing. Like, he could be fine, or he could very much not be fine, and then Mitch is out a best friend, and he'll have to get rides with, like, Mo or something, and Mo has terrible taste in music. Dylan is quiet for a long moment. Just, you know him better than me, but if he's actually your best friend, he'll be cool. And if he's not, fuck him, you know? Mitch snorts. Yeah, all right. And then, quieter. Look, I know you're right, but I want to keep him as long as I can without having to know. Yeah, Dylan says, just as quiet. Hey, it's almost curfew for you. I got to let you go so you don't get in trouble. But seriously, if he's not, fuck him. Yeah, Mitch agrees. Though his heart's not quite in it. And they end the call. Hey, Austin, Mitch says one night when they're out at the bar after a home win, I'm Austin looks up from the beer he's been staring into and raises his eyebrows, mouth quirked into a half smile, like he like he thinks Mitch might be about to say something funny. His hair is all fucked up from his helmet still. Mitch chickens out. I'm really drunk, he says instead, and Austin nods knowingly and flags down a passing waiter to get them both glasses of water. God. On an off day, Mitch goes home. It's different now than how it used to be. The Thornhill home as he remembers it has lost to ash, and he's barely been home since. "'Hasn't really been able to think of anywhere else as home in a while. "'Hockey has a way of uprooting you, "'cutting off connections to family and childhood friends "'and the familiar touchstones of youth. "'And maybe someday Mitch will have a house and a family "'and stop feeling adrift on the wind, "'but he's not holding his breath for that to be soon. "'His parents are still the same, though, "'maybe a little older, grayer. "'But they hug him at the door "'and his mom bustles around in the kitchen "'making spaghetti and meatballs "'while his dad sits him down at the dining room table.' and grills him about ways he can improve his play. He can be intense as a hockey parent, and sometimes it freaks people out. But his heart is in the right place, Mitch thinks. After dinner, he goes down to the basement. There are whole boxes of pictures from when he was little, stored away in a corner where no one will look at them. Maybe it's his parents trying to be respectful. Maybe it just still hurts. He's not sure, and not inclined to ask. He finds the picture of the little girl in the leaf's frame, carries it out to his car, photo side pressed against him, before coming back in to say goodbye to his parents. He doesn't want them to see it. She can tell Austin. She went through a hell of a lot and stayed brave. Hey, I redecorated, Mitch tells Austin the next time he's over. She's on the windowsill behind the couch, but he's also put up one of his milestone puck plaques in the framed old jersey. Nice, Austin says, looking at the plaque, and nothing else. And Mitch settles down onto the couch, head lolling back, hoping Austin looks that way. For once, he pays attention to the little hints Mitch gives, and he looks. Is that your little cousin or something, he asks? No, Mitch says, and fights through the lump in his throat, the knot in his stomach. That's me and Minnie mites. You had long hair when you were a kid? Mitch's voice comes out so serious, so unlike his usual, and Austin focuses in on him. Really look. I... Austin does look, then, and goes very quiet, and Mitch's heart starts pounding so hard he can barely breathe. That's you. Yeah, Mitch says, so soft. Oh, Austin says, just as soft, and settles in beside Mitch on the couch. He's silent for a long while, and then he pulls Mitch in toward him, hugging him from the side. I... thank you for telling me. Does anyone else know? Not on the leaves. Austin hugs him tighter. All right, just... thanks. I don't... I don't know a ton about this but I know what it's like to be the only one on the team. It takes Mitch a moment, but then... Oh. He doesn't hate Mitch. Thank God. Mitch still holds his breath the next time he comes up in conversation in the locker room, but Austin uses the right pronoun without a moment's hesitation and doesn't look back at him to check in or anything like some people used to do. He just smoothly goes, he, no stutter. Thank God times two. He tests the waters a little. Does my falsetto sound weird, he asks, halfway through singing along to the music on the way into practice. No, Austin says, frowning. I'm still trying to figure out how to do it, which is weird because before my voice dropped, it was kind of high. I'm pretty shit at it too, Austin says, shrugging. He tries it a bit since the song playing right now is sung by a soprano woman. It's kind of gruesome. Austin's voice cracks twice. Oh my god, Mitch says. Okay, so I got you beat at least. Shh, Austin says, and tries to like wink or something. And it comes off looking weird. His face really isn't suited for that. They start practicing in the car. Austin's voice still cracks a lot, but less. And Mitch can get a decent tone going if he remembers to drink a lot of water beforehand. They're not going to be ready for karaoke night anytime soon, but it's fun. The season moves on. Mitch is constantly hungry and even more constantly tired, and he just sleeps, eats, plays, and hangs out with Austin, repeat. They spend all their time together now. Mitch was holding back on some level before, but now there's nothing to prompt that, and so they ride in together for practices and go home together after games, watching bad TV or playing video games. He's teaching Austin how to be less shit at Call of Duty, which is an important mission. Until they fall asleep pressed together on the couch, Mitch's head on Austin's shoulder. Lately, Mitch just watches Austin a lot, watches the way he focuses in during drills, the way he coaxes the puck back and forth so gentle and soft, the way he lounges casual on Mitch's couch after games with his face still flushed and his hair in disarray. And then Mitch gets sick. It's not a major thing, really, just a bout of the flu. But he curls up in bed, nestled between piles of blankets, alternating kicking them off and wrapping them around himself as his body tries to figure out what temperature to be. His head hurts and his jaw hurts from gritting his teeth as he sleeps. And even the idea of food makes him nauseous. Austin still comes over every day. Mitch can hear him distantly on the phone with his mom asking about chicken noodle soup recipes. And Mitch's heart hurts with fondness. Austin doesn't get it quite right the first time. The noodles are overcooked. And there's a kick of heat he isn't expecting and can't quite handle. Whole peppercorns, Austin? Jeez. Though it certainly does clear out his sinuses. But Austin stays. He charges Mitch's laptop as he sleeps and props it on his lap once he wakes up so that Mitch can zone out on TV shows. He makes tea. He tries the soup again and gets it perfect the second time. No one can blame Mitch, really, for falling in love then. Austin tries to make a show of being so aloof and cool most of the time, but around Mitch, he lets those walls down. He just genuinely wants to help. When he thinks Mitch is sleeping, he lingers at the doorway, looking at Mitch's body anxiously. He has a rosary he keeps in his pocket that he doesn't talk about, and Mitch can see him run his fingers over the beads. Mitch isn't sure he's ever had a best friend quite like this. He isn't quite sure what he's done to deserve it. And maybe he doesn't, but Austin stays anyway. Once he's feeling better, he spends a day poking around on Google before trying to make a tres leches cake. He's not sure if Austin's mom has ever made it for him or not, but it seems like an okay bet anyway. He probably should have picked an easier recipe. Tries one, two, and three are all disasters, and Austin comes over during his fourth attempt when he's busy swearing at the stove. It doesn't turn out that great the fourth time either, but Austin's eyes, when he sees the recipe printout, go so fond. Okay, Mitch says, can I get your help with something? It's a little weird. Mo already won't look me in the eye after last week, Austin says, picking up a pillow as if to shield himself from whatever prank suggestion Mitch is about to lay on him. Okay, that Photoshop was funny as hell, firstly. And secondly, it's more about, you know, my stuff. Austin's eyebrows go up, but he nods. So, normally, I do my shot on my thigh, Mitch says, gesturing to a leg. Okay. Last week, I fucked up the shot, and it hurt to skate for like two days, and there's a thing I've been meaning to try instead, but I'm not really flexible enough to do it myself. Fucked up? Yeah, Mitch grumps, rubbing at his thigh with the memory of it. Sometimes when the needles in your muscles spasm, and then your thigh hurts like hell. Ugh austin says wrinkling his nose so do you need me to do so for this kind of shot you got to go where the muscles are thick so it's thigh or your ass you want me to stab you in the ass with a needle if that's cool mitch tries to smile winningly austin pauses thinks it over shrugs yeah okay "'Okay,' Mitch says, aware on a couple of different levels "'that he's just chilling in his bathroom with his ass out "'and trying not to laugh about it. "'I am trusting you with this knowledge "'in case I'm ever too fucked up from, like, a concussion or some shit "'to do my shot myself, so pay attention.' "'Austin nods, trying to look solemn, "'but also definitely checking out Mitch's ass, "'which, if he wants to laugh about this too, Mitch gets that. "'He goes a little slower than usual in uncapping the needle, "'tightening the tip,' Plunger her up and down three times, drop a milliliter, inject air, invert bottle, retrieve the oil of life or some shit. He narrates the whole time, including calling it the oil of life, which Austin does laugh at. What does it feel like? Austin asks. What, to stab yourself in the ass with a needle? I don't know. I've never been able to do it. No, just the whole thing. Mitch thinks for a moment. The needle feels like Well, you've gotten shots, but after you just feel all nice and warm all over, like you've just gotten out of a bath? I don't know. It's nice. I need to stop saying nice. Nice, Austin says. Mitch swats at him. Okay, needle all ready. Hit me with it, big boy. He waggles his eyebrows and slaps the side of his ass before handing it over. Austin blushes. Hmm, interesting. He takes a moment to work up to it, and Mitch watches from over his shoulder. Austin's concentrating face like when he's trying a new drill. He makes a motion like he's about to put the needle in like five times without making contact, and Mitch is about to tell him to just get on with it already when he finally just goes for it and sticks him. Okay, Mitch says, once he's remembered to stop holding his breath. Draw back a little... Make sure there's no blood, and then just press down on the plunger the whole way, and you're good. He didn't really feel it, or at least less than when he does his thighs, but he does have a lot of muscle in his ass. Austin is definitely still staring. It can't be that weird, but Mitch has never stuck a needle in anyone else either, and maybe it's a little shocking to see that in process. He's quick about it plunging down and then withdrawing, and Mitch closes his eyes to savor the sudden rush into his system. Half placebo effect, an adrenaline, but sweet all the same. You good? Austin asks, sounding hesitant. Great, Mitch assures him. In looking back on it later, Mitch realizes he might be a bit of an idiot. Yes, Austin, staring at his ass the whole time, definitely, just because he thought it was a funny and or weird situation. No other easy explanation available. At 16, said explanation wouldn't have occurred to him. Again, with the whole insecurity the size of the moon thing. But now, well, it could be entirely wishful thinking, because finding an accepting best friend who does kind things for you seems like a lot to ask for, even without the possibility that there's more to it. On the other hand, maybe... He watches Austin closer after that, waits for a sign. Fall slips away into winter, bringing a sharp chill and slush and TV cameras. The lead-up to the winter classic means that for a while, all eyes are on them. He and Austin go to the Christmas market with Zach and Willie on an off day, and the cameras follow. Mitch mostly wants an ugly sweater. Zach has been sweating about finding presents for his family for a week now, because he's always been kind of terrible at gifts. And between the two of them, it seems right to drag Austin and Willie along for a shopping trip. They've never been, after all. The market is a blur of lights and noise, brightly colored and festive, and the sharp smell of pine and cinnamon in the air. Mitch takes a moment to breathe it all in. Hey, is that... Oh my God, look, it's... He grins. Hope you brought a pen, he says, looking over at Austin, pressed against his side. and trying not to too obviously shiver in the cold. I think we've been spotted. They take so many pictures. All four of them crowd into a little ornament-shaped seat, way too many legs and too much hockey butt for the space. And the more they try and wiggle to make it work, the more Mitch can't help but start laughing. Even the market Santa recognizes them, hugs them all and wishes them a good season, and has them take a picture all together holding giant candy canes like they're about to do a ceremonial face-off. Austin cross-checks him with the candy cane once Santa's back is turned, light and playful, and Willie makes a whistling sound and yells, Two minutes in the box! He's the only one of them who's really good at whistling. They're pretty jealous. Four on four, Mitch tells him, winking over-exaggeratedly, and cross-checks Austin right back. Mitch and Austin squeeze together on the seat in the Ferris wheel, trying not to laugh at Willie and Zach's complaints as they get on a few seats behind. Isn't this going kind of fast? Very cold and very fast. It's not that cold. The ride starts and Mitch has to revise that thought. The wind was biting before, but at speed it whips through him and settles in under his many layers of clothes, and Austin makes a grumpy noise and scoots closer to him. I can't feel my hand he says mitch takes austin's hands between his and rubs them together leaning down to blow hot air on their fingers and it's at that point that the ride comes to a stop at the top austin makes a wondering noise and mitch looks up they can see the whole market from here all its bright lights and distant caroling and happy chatter and beyond the city home their home both of them now a few stray flakes of snow drift past them, gentle and cold, and Austin turns to Mitch, smiling. We should take a selfie. They lean in together and snap one. Austin looks so cold, a little wind swept, to the tip of his nose red, and Mitch wants to kiss him, wants to wrap himself around Austin to warm him up. Their hands are still touching, and Austin looks down at them for a moment before entwining their fingers. A soft smile playing at the corner of his lips. He doesn't say anything. When he looks back up at Mitch and their eyes meet, there's a moment of stillness, perfect and crystal, like a scene from a movie. Mitch leans toward him a little. From behind them, Zach yells, it says, danger, do not rock seat, and they can hear Willie's hysterical laughter. Mitch meets Austin's eyes again, but this time, they're just both trying not to laugh too. They don't talk about it after, but often. Austin smiles at him more, watches him more when he thinks Mitch is looking away. Sometimes as they're walking into the rink together, their hands brush, and Austin lets his linger against Mitch's for a moment. At the team Christmas party, Mitch goes around and talks to everyone, crouching down to say hi to his teammates' kids, posing on a giant stuffed polar bear with Matt and Sidney for a family portrait. But he keeps finding his way back to Austin, "'He's not wearing the ugly sweater he got the other day, "'which, thank God, because Mitch still isn't sure "'if he can be seen in public with Austin "'if he's wearing that thing. "'Just a soft Henley that makes Mitch want to snuggle up "'next to him beside the fire. Bosie hands them his baby for a minute, "'and Mitch's eyes light up, letting tiny hands clutch his finger. "'And Austin looks at both of them, so fond, "'and then the moment is broken by Cannon wailing and squirming, "'grabbing at Austin's shirt, and then the underside of his chin.' And Austin makes an incredible face. Cannon's barely out of their arms before he starts laughing so hard he has to double over a little. They're still laughing about it later by the fire, with cups of cider spiked in their hand. Your face, he says, giggling, imitating the way Austin's mouth went big in shock. Your face, Austin says, which is a weak chirp, and Mitch tells him so. There's a moment of quiet, the two of them watching the fire spark and sputter, listening to the happy chatter of teammates and families behind them. Mitch's head is pleasantly fuzzy from the cider, but he's not drunk, just warm inside and out. Come out to the balcony with me, Austin asks, soft, and Mitch looks over. Getting used to Toronto cold after all? Austin swats at him, his cup sloshing precipitously in his other hand. Just... I think it's starting to snow.' "'It is. It's quieter out here. "'Gentle flakes falling all around them, "'daylight fading and night settling in, "'and Mitch tilts his head back, "'sticking his tongue out to catch one. "'Austin grins and tries it, too. "'He fails on the first few tries, "'ducking his head this way and that to try and get one, "'and Mitch laughs. "'Just let them come to you,' he says.' Austin holds perfectly still, Flakes slowly collecting in his hair, on his eyelashes, and one drifts gently onto his tongue. There, you got it. Great coaching, Austin says, and his smile is so wide. He looks down, then at Mitch, then down again, before reaching for Mitch's hand and lacing their fingers together. Thanks. He's quiet for a long moment, and then, Is anyone looking out here? Mitch steals a glance over his shoulder. He's not sure what Mo is saying right now, but he's laughing so hard his whole face is red and everyone's attention is on him. Nope. Austin leans in slow and presses a soft kiss to Mitch's lips, and Mitch squeezes his hand tight, pulls him back in when he makes to pull away. It's gentle, mostly chaste. Everyone is still inside and no one is looking yet, but they could soon. "'Did you bring me out here to have a romantic moment in the snow?' Mitch teases, and Austin's cheeks flush a little. "'No,' he says. "'You did,' Mitch says, delight bubbling up from the inside and making him fizz with it, and Austin makes a shushing sound and puts his hand over Mitch's mouth. "'Let's go back inside,' he says, as Mitch pretends to complain at him from behind his mouth, and mostly is just making oomphing sounds. "'I'm getting cold.' It was a nice romantic moment in the snow, Mitch tells him once he takes his hand away. Full points. Mm hmm, Austin says, trying to look put out, but he's not hiding his smile very well. Austin's overtime goal in the Winter Classic is a beautiful thing. I'm doing this on behalf of all Toronto, Mitch says as they get into their car after and pulls Austin in for a long, slow kiss. Do you want the light off? Austin asks the first time. It's so quiet in the room, just the sound of the heat coming on to break up the stillness. And he and Mitch are underneath the covers together, cocooned in warmth. They've kissed a lot since Christmas, any chance they can get, really, but haven't gone further. Mitch closes his eyes for a moment. I'll be all right, he says, because he thinks he will be, unless you want "'No,' Austin says quickly. "'Mitch has heard about what Austin is like in bed, "'but in this moment he's gentle, careful. "'Explores Mitch's body with curiosity, "'but doesn't focus on the places "'where his body isn't like Austin's, doesn't stare. "'A curiosity of wanting to know what makes Mitch tick, "'wanting to know where he's most sensitive. "'Mitch swallows hard, a lump in his throat. "'You okay?' Austin asks, quiet. The first thing he's said in a long while. Yeah, Mitch says, swallowing again. It's just, God, it's nice. It's nice, and it's a lot. After, Austin shows Mitch his scars, lets him run fingers along raised tissue and little stained marks, tells him where they came from. A skinned knee in baseball, a stray puck, the failed attempt at the stick-and-poke tattoo from the NTDP years. He has more than Mitch. Austin can see his top surgery scars, but he guides Austin's fingers under his armpit to press against the little knot there. This is where they put the drains in from my surgery, he says, and then slides Austin's hand down to his hip. This is from where I fell out of a tree when I was a kid. I have one of those too, Austin says, rotating his thigh so Mitch can see the long white scratch on the underside. They have trees in Arizona? This is news, Mitch says, and he just can't stop smiling. The whole time he couldn't stop smiling. It's not all desert, Austin says. It was a kind of tree called a jacaranda. We had one in the front yard when I was little. They like the south and bloom my mom's favorite shade of purple. So I was six or seven, and Mitch snuggles in close, curled up naked against Austin under the covers, and listens. Not for the first time by a long shot, he thinks. How did I deserve to get this lucky? He and Austin are both high as fuck, slowly melting into the cushions on Austin's new buttery leather couch. And Mitch can't stop rubbing his fingers along the seams to make his fingertips tipple- tingle. Hey, Austin says, head lolling back. What did you want to be when you grew up? Mitch smiles. A Leafs player, he says. And it's true. That worked out okay, Austin says. Yeah. Mitch grins so white it hurts a little. Yeah, it did. The end.